Hello, and welcome to another episode of All the Webs a Stage, a short play podcast. My name is Stephen Thomas, and I'll be your host. In this episode, our third part of the ongoing adventures of Tammy Jackson, part-time janitor, we are joined by Autumn Gaberski and Caitlin Peterson. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of All the Webs of Stage. Today we have with us Caitlin and Autumn. You've heard both of them before. Thank you, Caitlin and Autumn, for joining me here today. Hello! Of course, yeah. Thanks for having us back. Before we get into the episode itself, Autumn, you are looking at a project. I don't know how much you want to go into it or talk about it, but I... I'd like to put it out in the world just to make you have motivation to make it happen, if that's okay. Sorry, well, which project? I've um, got more than one. I've got more than one going oh. on, so you'll have to be a little bit more specific. <laughs> oh well, no the, the 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 April project is the April project, and we'll definitely talk about that later. But I'm talking specifically about a reboot, an older podcast that talks about movies. If you'd like to chat about that a bit, ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, there was a podcast a couple of years ago called Sean Talks Movies, hosted by the one and only Sean Lewis, who, you know, kind of pulled a rude move and died in 2018. How could he do that to us? Mm. Rude. So, yeah, recently I was talking about rebooting his podcasts. Sean was a huge fan of reboots. He loved reboots for movies. (laughs) Big fan, big fan. I don't know him well enough to tell with I'm assuming that's sarcasm. Am I wrong? Real sarcastic. Real okay. sarcastic. Yeah. Didn't didn't track with what I knew about Sean, but I was like, uh you know what Sounds I fake, but okay. Reboots. <laughs> fake news. No, 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 no. Shonda Sean, along with myself, not a big fan of reboots, you know. Why don't you just come up with new ideas? Why are you using old ideas and rehashing them? But but yeah. But anyway, um yeah, I was talking to some friends uh, about about getting that back up. I'm considering it, considering calling it Sean Talked Movies. Hmm. Okay. But uh, I'm actually, right after I record this, I'm actually meeting with my friend Cheeto to discuss some of the logistics about, about rebooting that. So it'll be fun. Oh. Now, Caitlin, we haven't seen you in a few months now. Anything new in the world of Caitlin Peterson? You're roughly not a single thing, so. Okay. All right. That's fair. I mean, in this particular <laughs> time it makes sense that not a whole lot is changing yeah it's a it's it's nice to be having nothing going on to be honest that's fair true that is fair if you could have a superpower and it can't be the power to have all powers what would it be first of all i wouldn't choose the power to have all powers because that's a cop-out thank you i have to specify because most people are cop-outs that's that's not a that's not a thing i don't need to i don't even need to have them all i don't want them all i think I think I would go with either flying, which I think would be fun, or this is a bit of an odd one, but uh, breathing underwater. Okay. You know, I have never heard that one before, actually. I ask this question to a lot of people. I think it tells a lot about a person. I have never heard underwater breathing. I just, I don't know. There's something about the idea of just taking a little 
taking a little walk down on the bottom of the seafloor that really appeals to me. That's pretty sweet. I like that one. Most people say flying. I would say that I get flying about 60 to 70% of the time, mm-hmm. but I've never, I've never gotten underwater breathing. I like that. That's a good one. Keeping, keeping things exciting. You know, hey, keeping me on my toes, you know. Speaking of underwater breathing, question for you, Caitlin. Autumn and I do a D&D campaign kind of every Monday. Mm-hmm. So we are <laughs> D&Ders. And Caitlin, I know you also run, are in a couple of campaigns. I am indeed. Do any of your characters have the ability to breathe underwater? Has that something that has bled into your campaigns? Uh, not yet. I was going to play a um, a Triton at one point and that just fell through. Gotcha. But, Ooh, I don't know. Tritons are fun. I think it's one of those things I want in real life that I don't know if I want in D&D. Thinking about it, honestly, I don't think I've ever had a DM that's been like, all right, this next leg of the campaign, you're going to be underwater. Here we go. Yeah, when we were um, when we were doing Curse of Strahd a couple months ago, two of the party members were playing Grungs, the little little frog people. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, like a bullywug? Yeah, but we had to cross a river at one point, And so we had two Grungs, a Triton, and then I was a human. And they were just like, oh, we'll just, we'll swim. I was like, I can't. <laughs> Thank you. And you wound up just like floating me across the river. Here, just tie this rope and drag me. Yep. Yeah, here, yep. take this scorpion. <laughs> but don't forget the goat who has to stay on the other side of the river because he can't be near the grungs. Right, he can't be near him. So we're going to have to take one person over the river and then go back for the other person while taking yeah. the first person back. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. So we're going to jump into recording, which is, this is the third part of the Tammy Jackson series. And obviously we've brought in Caitlin so that she can play the iconic role of Tammy Jackson itself. I'm going to jump back into the role of Ron and Autumn is going to fill in where we need some extra help. Autumn, since you start us off. Sometimes there are messes in your life that you are either unable or unwilling to clean up yourself. Perhaps it's that stain in your carpet, or the bit of fish in your jacket. Or perhaps it's the dead body of the father that you just can't handle. In these times, you need someone with the skills necessary to clean up the big messes. You need Tammy Jackson, part-time janitor. The Ongoing Adventures of Tammy Jackson, part-time janitor, part three. Absolute Anarchy. Just east of Northgate, Seattle, 4.30 a.m., Ronald Barker and I arrived at the Barker household. Ronald drove, as I am still attempting to accumulate the funds to afford a car and a parking space. So far, my swank janitorial job has made me enough for a month of parking, if I wanted to stop eating for two weeks. The Barker household was bigger than I remembered it. In my childhood, it was just another big house. Five years of living in an apartment had turned it into a mansion. A beautiful mansion at that Save one small detail. The front door was in shambles. Something big had run into the door, then kept moving. Ron was right. This wasn't a break-in. Pieces of the door were lying on the front lawn. Whoever broke that door was already inside. Hey. Hey, put, put that down! Thief! Ron stepped out of the car to find that there was a fire sale on his family belongings. Men and women, young and old, individually and in groups... Fifty-plus people had gathered at the Barker household to investigate the crime scene, and while they were there, maybe pick up a souvenir. Tammy, stop them! Ron, I can't. I'm not a cop. I can tell them to buzz off, but I doubt they'd listen. Please, Tammy, I I don't know what to do. (sighs) Oh, fine. 
All right, folks, that'll be quite enough. This is officially a crime scene. Anyone who is not a cop better get off this lawn. They're not moving. Well, I gave it a shot. Let's go inside, see what we can find. With these criminals around, we're not likely to find much. There has to be some clue in there. Or maybe out here. The lawn just to the side of the front door was squishy. This struck me as odd, seeing as how it hadn't rained all day and no one in Seattle waters their yard. Ron, stop. Don't step in this area. Why not? I think I just stepped in a big pile of clue. Well, our, our neighbor has a pool, so... Clue, Ron. Clue. Oh, oh, sorry. I bent down to take a closer look at the grass. The porch light was not extremely useful, but it did illuminate that the patch of grass I was standing on was darker than the surrounding area and dripping with a dark red substance. Blood, and lots of it. No human could lose so much and live. A test would most likely show that the blood was from the body of the now-deceased Jim Barger. That test was not going to happen any time soon, however, as Ronald still did not trust the police enough to get them involved. Ron, we have to get the cops involved. What? So you're not a cop? Congratulations. You should be a detective. Now beat it, kid. And put back that lamp. Make me! Let it go, Ron. I like that lamp. Ron, we should go inside, see if your father left us any more clues. Sure. Sure. We entered the house. Not much was left inside. Anything not bolted down had been moved, though some things seemed to have been abandoned due to weight. The living room couch, for instance, had migrated to the kitchen. A king-size bed was sitting at the top of the stairs, sideways, but intact. I can't believe the audacity of these people! Hey! Who are you calling a people? You again? Get out of my house! Make me! Ron chased after the young thief, through the house and out onto the front porch. The boy slipped in at the bloody grass, falling face-first into the dark patch. Ron tripped on a larger chunk of the door and fell face-first into another fortune hunter. Ah! All three found themselves in a bloody mess. The two thieves sprinted off into the night without stopping to wipe themselves off, leaving a bloody trail marking their paths home. Ron shook his fist at their departing figures, then stood up. Look at me. I'm covered in my father's blood. This is a nightmare. It has to be. Ron, we should go. You don't need to be here right now. I, I think you're right. Run upstairs and grab a change of clothes. My, my, my shoes are dripping with blood. I, I can't go in there. Why not? I did. Tammy! What? It didn't seem to matter at the time. Look, if it really matters to you, take off your shoes, then go inside. You, you'll You'll stay here and make sure no one takes them? I will, Ron. I didn't think anybody particularly wanted a pair of bloody sneakers anyway. Ron ran upstairs, sand shoes, leaving me to do a little more snooping. Paths of blood were everywhere, suggesting that more than Ron and the two thieves had passed through the soiled grass. One path in particular, though, caught my eye. The other blood trails led across the grass or into the house. This one, however, led to the far side of the porch. I followed it up to a swinging bench untouched by the various fortune seekers, and with good reason. Rust covered much of the metal seat, as well as the hinges and other key areas. I puzzled briefly over why the family had kept this swinging bench for so long, but I had more pressing matters to worry about. The blood trail led to just under the bench, and there in its own special blood puddle lay a frying pan. Apparently the murderer was not feeling particularly creative. I carefully lifted the frying pan, using a napkin I had stowed in my purse for just such an occasion. 
underneath the frying pan, I found a red herring. Not creative and a sick sense of humor. I did not like where this was going. Where did he go? Ron had snuck up on me, causing me to drop the frying pan and again hide the fish. Elsewhere in the house, someone had broken either a, a window or a mirror, covering the sound of the frying pan on concrete and drawing Ron's attention back to the house. This was too much for Ron, and only then did I start to realize that bringing him with me was a bad idea. Unfortunately, he was my ride. I considered covering the frying pan to hide it better, possibly even take it with us, but the murderer had already found such a fine hiding spot, I didn't feel it needed to be moved. All right, Ron, let's go. Someone stole my wallet. We need to go back to the office so I can grab the business credit card. Why did you leave your wallet at home? I didn't. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> All right, so that is Tammy Jackson Part 3. Thank you, Caitlin and Autumn, for joining me on this episode today. And at this point, let's get some plugs going in. Caitlin, I don't remember if you had any plugs. I feel like you didn't have any plugs last time, but is there anything you would like to advertise here at the end? I don't have anything really in particular. You can find me on pretty much any site at Caitaly, C-A-I-T-A-L-I-E. Feel free to track me down. But not like that, please. Not like that, please. (laughs) Don't come to my house. Please don't come to my house. Please don't come to my house. It's not a big hill. You won't want to walk up it anyways. (laughs) Uh, But the getaway will be so easy. The downhill speed. I know. I always want to take a sled down. Gosh, too bad we live in Southern California where there's no snow. (laughs) And Autumn, what would you like to plug at the end of the episode here? Uh, Let me uh, plug in my phone charger. That's about it. That's a good plan. No, no, no. I jest. I jest. (laughs) You can find me on all of the social medias. At Autumn Gaberski, A-U-T-U-M-N-G-U-B-E-R-S-K-Y. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at un- Autumn underscore Gaberski. And you can actually go over to my website, autumngaberski.com. You can see all the different projects that I'm working on. Uh, you can check out my voiceover demo and career where I do commercial work. I will also be uh, starting a 10-week campaign for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, my friend Casey, Sean Lewis's sister, Casey Lewis, uh, was nominated for Woman of the Year for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So starting on April 4th, we will be having a 10-week campaign where we are raising money for uh, blood cancers in an effort, obviously, to hopefully cure cancer, uh, as well as uh, win so Casey can get an award because she's the best and she deserves it. So yeah, I'll be uh, doing a couple of streams. We'll be streaming on Mondays for Capes and Caverns. Um, I'll be streaming streaming Mario Kart and I'm also going to be streaming a D&D campaign with some old friends from high school so you'll be able to check me out there. You can get all this information either on my Instagram at Autumn Gaberski or you can head on over to autumngaberski.com where I'll be posting the schedule for all of those streams um, as well as all of my other projects. Autumn, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining me on the episode today and have a great rest of your day. Thank thank you. Yeah. It's always a pleasure. I can't wait to be on the next Tammy Jackson. I want to be the thread that ties it all together. (laughs) And that will do it for another episode of All the Webs of Stage. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank my guests, Caitlin Peterson, as well as Autumn Gaberski, for coming on for the episode. Also, a big thank you, as always, to Cullen Vance for the wonderful music you're listening to. You can find more of his work at CullenVanceCreative.com. Thank you to Daniel Blue Rodriguez for the thumbnail artwork. You can find him most places at Blue Wolf D. 
I also want to take a second to thank Ronnie Weiss for inspiring this noir series. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a rating and a review over on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, and share an episode with your friends. If you'd like to get in touch with All the Webs of Stage, you can reach us at webstagepodcast on Twitter or webstagepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you once again for joining us, and we'll see you in two weeks with another episode of All the Webs of Stage. Sometimes there are messes in your life that are either unable to... What? We're going to start over. I I even practice. That's the worst part.